And also, if you ever want to break your brain, okay, go to your nephews and ask them to mime talking on the phone. No. Because see what hand gesture they do. Because like if, if I were to mime talking on the phone, I uh, extend my thumb and my pinky are extended out and I hold it up to the side of my head, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's not what kids do. What do they do? They don't know that gesture. Ask them. Ask them and then report back and let me know how old you feel. Do you know, uh, I'm afraid to ask them that because I'm afraid their answer is going to be, who talks on the phone? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't use my phone for that either. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I use my phone when it, for um, texting, messaging you, and porn. And that's it. Like, it's, yeah, 90% porn for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I joined TikTok? Oh, oh, I mean, really? What? No, there's not porn porn, but there's just thirst traps galore. And then you just follow a rabbit hole of links to the promised land. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to Star Wars. Uh, should we? <laughs> hey, hey, 21 minutes into this recording, should we intro the show? Oh, we need to do the clap thing. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, today's a glorious train wreck, y'all. I was okay. so competent two minutes ago explaining to you how to set up your audio, and I didn't remember that we needed to do a clap. So, okay. Are you ready? You want to clap? My body is ready, Heather. <laughs> One, a two, a three. Good a fucking knock. Jesus Christ, we suck. Okay. Let's try and steer this shit show train back onto its tracks and intro the show, shall we? Let's do it. I'm ready. (sighs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie, and I mean, I'm having a day. Uh, This is going well. It's going well, and I'm so pretty. Chris? I am also extremely beautiful. I'm also that gay man. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm the woman. Oh, fuck. God. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm so uh, good at this. We're so good at this. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for our moods, y'all. Uh, I, I got fired this week, so I'm kind of in a mood. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, and Steph, I'm getting stronger all the time snips, but I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. <laughs> So, are we entering uh, the, the the time when uh, you choose quotes that can be taken out of context to be sexually I that inappropriate? Was always the, that was always my intention. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we're not. In, we're, we've been there. <laughs> oh, I'm just really slow on the uptake. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that is. <laughs> the other the other quote I was considering are, uh, is "Are all Jedi so reckless?" And you know that's a little bit repetitive now. Yeah, only the good ones. Um, okay, so... Uh, yeah, only the what, good ones. <laughs> only the good ones. Anyway, God. So what we're doing with this show, when we're doing things functionally, is we are watching all of the Star Wars visual media library in chronological order, which means that today episodes... Uh, today episodes? What is happening? <sighs> mm. I'll come in again. Today's episode... 
There we go. Lord. Uh, we are going to be discussing Clone Wars Season 1, Episode 13, Jedi Crash, and Episode 14, Defenders of the Peace. Yeah? Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's Brilliant. It. This is going so well. <sighs> okay, so... Um, these these episodes are absolutely back to back continuous. They could be taken as one entire like forty five minute episode if we wanted to. But in the interest of format, let us start with episode thirteen, Jedi Crash. Okay. Yay. Cool. The Jedi fortune cookie at the top of the episode is greed and fear of loss are the root that lead to the tree of evil. Ooh. Now spooky. Uh- uh, quick, uh, before I do the my intro, uh, yeah. I've noticed that the Jedi Fortune cookies are having a, recently, are having a disconnect issue from the episode. Yeah, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Greed? Like, what? I mean, who Greed. fucking wrote these, Yoda? <laughs> no, because then it no. would be the roof that leads to the tree of evil. Greed and fear of loss are. Like, you know. Wow, you, know, you just did that right off your top of your head, huh? wow wow okay i'm a professional uh no it's you're right this doesn't i'm not sure except for maybe the fear of loss reference because ahsoka gets uh gets super worried about anakin and we'll talk about it um but like i'm not do they mean literally tree of evil because there is a tree that drops like pods and tries to kill them (laughs) are those pods of evil is that what you're saying or yeah sure or is it that um they just have a bunch of these pre-written or, ew, do they go out, do, do they order takeout while they're riding and just, oh, everybody opens a fortune cookie and whichever one could possibly be a little bit Star Warsy, that's the one they're using. Is that, is that what's happening? <laughs> I think or that's what's happening. They, or, or they write the Jedi fortune cookies ahead of time and they're like, which episode are we going to give this one to? Eh. Right. You know, which that I think might, is how it's working. It. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Announcer bit. Uh, by the way, I have a new counter, which I'll mention right after this. Oh, fucking sweet. That's what we need is more shit uh, to keep track two, of. We actually have, we actually, I actually am going to add two new counters, but we'll talk about that. Okay. Bitch. The Republic okay. fleet is on the defensive and pushed to the brink. As Ooh. war rages in the much contested Outer Rim territories, chaos and fear mount as a separatist mm-hmm. army wages an epic battle against heavily outnumbered Republic ships in the far mm-hmm. reaches of the Quail system. Ooh. Anakin Skywalker and his Padawa, Ahso- Padawan Ahsoka <laughs> race across the galaxy to aid Jedi Knight Ayla Sakura, Ayla. who I mispronounced, okay. who is in the midst of a fight for her life as a sinister droid army closes in. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, so... Uh, First things first, I'm noticing, because, um, you know, I may have watched a few episodes ahead. God damn here, it. Here and there. Well, I feel I like, like I feel like you're you're not experiencing this along with me. Um, I definitely feel a little cheated on. Yeah, so I'm a pothead and I forget <laughs> things. So it's okay. <laughs> Fine, uh, you're forgiven. <laughs> uh, anyway, um... The new ca- one of the new counters I wish to add to our lineup of counters is Jesus. every time the announcer likes to remind us that the Republic fleet fleet is on the brink. <laughs> that, does that happen a lot? Is it that happens a, turn a lot. <laughs> it's like Republic fleet is screwed. It's like okay, <laughs> when are they not? How did they win if they're always on the brink? <laughs> always screwed. Just once. It would be nice if the announcer bit was the Republic fleet is totally beating the Separatists' ass. Let's join in the fun. I know. Or Republic, the Republic fleet is taking a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and enjoying themselves. That never happens. I thought we Ever. just had that, though. 
Uh, we enjoyed ourselves. <laughs> they took a little vacation to Florum. Uh, Obi Wan oh, yeah. enjoyed the oh, fuck yeah, sure. out of it. I mean, uh, Anakin and Dooku maybe not so much, but Obi Wan was having a great time, and so was Hondo. Let's be real, that was oh, great. God. Jar Jar didn't yeah. even realize he wasn't supposed to be having a good time until the very end. Responsible Jar Jar was strange Jar Jar. Yeah, well, yeah. That <laughs> was we're not talking strange. about that episode. Right, 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 right. Okay, let's live in the moment. Let's live in the now. What's what? Okay, so that's one counter. The the announcer putting us on the brink every time. What else have you got to add? Uh, to the next plate? counter happens in the next episode. So when we talk, to, oh, when okay. we get there, I'll talk about it. All right. So um, here we are in Jedi Crash, as we do, um, and yeah, immediately we are thrown into the thick of the action. Uh, Ayla Sakura and her people are in some danger. Uh, I oh, have yeah. some information about Ayla Sakura if we want to throw that out there real quick. Let's do it. Okay. So, I have some Jedi... feedback about her. Oh, you have feedback about her? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. I have a um, performance review right here. <laughs> We're going to need her to clean up her accent. Anyway, so oh, wow. Jedi Master Ayla Sakura is a Twi'lek from the planet Ryloth. We um, know what we know about Twi'leks. Uh, fun fact, though, apparently uh, George Lucas just blanket decreed that all Twi'lek, 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 I always pronounce it Twi'lek, Twi'lek, yeah. all of all of the, the Twi'lek, Twi'lek, Twi'leks. <clears throat> the citizens of Ryloth all have all have a French accent. But isn't liberty worth fighting for? That came down from on high from George Lucas. And like there I saw an interview with Dave Filoni where he's like, Yep, George said, so that's that's not what I pictured for her, but that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> they also oh, decree yeah. that she will have bountiful bosoms and they'll be sticking out all over the place the whole time. So Let's comment about that. Look, yeah. of course, he, of course, he did. Um, the visual design. Dave Filoni like tried to sort of passive, passive aggressively distance himself from the look of Ayla Sakura. He's like, I modeled her after the movie. That's mm-hmm. what was in the movie, and so that's what we've got. And um, he he kind of did a bit too much, in my opinion. What are you scandalized by her outfit? Uh, well, I don't remember. I don't. I think it's actually in the next episode, but. There are certain gestures she does that are identical to the the few scenes we see her in in episode three, specifically the stance where she's kind of walking around and then with her eyes looks around like a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and it was co- it was a cool callback. But at the same time, that's kind of all she did. <laughs> yeah, no, she. <sighs> so Ayla Sakura in Revenge of the Sith, episode three, we will get to it when we get to that movie, because holy shit, um, is given about as much to do as every other female character in that movie, which is <clears throat> nothing, nah, nothing. But, but Anakin, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> uh, Padme's job was to die. And she <laughs> did that. She sure did. Yeah. Uh, Ayla Sakura's job was to die. Like, that's all George Lucas needed anybody with a double X chromosome to do in that particular movie. And you know what? I'm going to hold on to that rant. We're going to table that for yeah. our discussion of episode three. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Because I, I, I could say that, well, Leia was in it too, technically, you know. She, she was an uh, infant. Yeah, she crawled out of her mom's birth canal and killed her. <laughs> She's a murder baby. Murder baby. (laughs) No. So what I appreciate here is Dave Filoni taking that um, 
extremely sexist, misogynistic, exploitative depiction of a Jedi Master from Episode 3 and turning that into an empowered, focused warrior goddess in Clone Wars. Because Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Ayla Sakura, the way she's dressed in the movie, it's bullshit. But the way she's dressed in this show, that's just how she wants to fucking dress. And you know what? If, If my hips... We're telling all the not lies that she's doing. If that was my abs, you wouldn't be able to keep a shirt on me. Right. It no, would be every I'm, two I'm... minutes. Stephanie, what the fuck? Where's your shirt? I don't know, but look at me. Gaze upon me. I am glorious. Like, of course. Yeah, I, I am. Ag- right now, I am aggressively working out and on a diet just so I can wear nothing but a Speedo this summer. So that's the that's the plan. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Goals. Things to focus on. Anything to focus on other than the uh, not-so-gradual conflagration of American society. We move on. Um, So Ayla Sakura, she is is voiced by Jennifer Hale, by the way. That name sounds very familiar. It should sound familiar. If you have watched an animated X-Men anything in the last decade or so, she's the voice of Jean Grey. She's the voice of Chromesius Aclassi in Dragon Age Inquisition. (gasps) And she is the voice of Commander fucking Shepard in the Mass Effect trilogy. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. Oh my god. Oh, I love her. Boom. Fem Shep is the best Shep. Anyway. Fem Shep is the best Shep. Absolutely. 10,000%. Anyway, uh, Ayla Sakura, God, uh, she is the Jedi General of the 327th Star Corps. Her clone commander is CC5052, a.k.a. Bly. And these two are one hell of a team. And we see it a lot over these two episodes. These two, as a partnership, they are on par with Obi-Wan and Cody, with Anakin and Rex. Like, they are in lockstep. They, uh, they are focused. They are always mm-hmm. focused on mission completion. That is, that is what they're doing. And honestly, it saves a lot of lives. It comes across as cold, but it works. So, but he's not the, uh, I, I have my notes in here, so I probably misidentified. There was a clone with a golden ticket on his cheek. Yeah, that's Bly. That's Bly? Okay, that's the same one. Okay. I don't understand the golden ticket thing. It's not, it's a, it's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, I mean, I, you could read into it as like it's a subconscious, like he's always in uniform, even when he doesn't have his helmet on. Um, like he's mm. always got the marker of his of his star core on him. Uh, or it could just be the animators were like, fuck, we need to be able to tell which one's Bly. Here we go. Mm. Swipey on his face. A little I, I, assumed, I, I assumed in a later episode that Bly was going to find a uh, chocolate factory and get killed in there. I mean, so, okay. it would be better than what actually happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So real quick, uh, because if we've got anybody listening who is a fan of Clone Wars, they are aware of this. And so I have to address it. There is a sort of a Mandela effect in the Clone Wars fandom surrounding Ayla Sakura and Bly. Are you aware uh, of this? I'm assuming at this point, with all the fanfic I've, uh, quote, accidentally, uh, unquote, found. Uh... <laughs> accidentally Googled directly. <laughs> Okay, I, my my fanfic consumption has increased considerably since starting this uh, podcast, and it's all yeah. it's all Stephanie's fault. But <laughs> at this point, I have found <laughs> that was the most evil laugh I've ever heard. You do. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I I have yet to find uh, a fanfic that doesn't include you know any extraordinary combination of characters fucking each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So at this point, I mean, I found. 
I found R2-D2, Luke, Luke Skywalker, uh, sex, so, you know. I mean... Which was hot. Send me that link later. Anyway, <laughs> so... Send me that link later. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there is... Uh, so apparently, like I, I did some research into this because of who I am as a person. And in the comics, there is definitely a a love between Ayla Sakura and Bly, but it is not mm-hmm. it's not portrayed as a romantic love per se. He just loves working with her. Like they mm-hmm. they're like work work married, you know, where you have that one coworker who's like your work husband. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of like how they are. It's almost a brother and sister thing. It is not a romantic relationship in canon. Mm-hmm. But the fandom uh, has really uh, spun it and become it's become like this this living mythos of of the Clone Wars story of Aayla Sakura and Bly, that Bly loved her so much that when Order 66 came down, he could not deny that order, but he knew that if she was... Um, if he didn't kill her quickly, she would, A, she would suffer, or B, she might survive and be taken captive. And to prevent that out of his love for her, to prevent that, that's why she gets completely overkill murdered during Order 66. That's really fucked up. And they just, they just shoot her until she's dead, 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 dead. dead. Yeah. Um, whereas here, I thought that overkill murder scene was just, you know, misogynistic George Lucas indulgent murder porn, but who knew? It was actually like a love story. Hashtag why not both? <laughs> Porque no los dos. Anyway, <laughs> so that is like, it's a thing that's not really true. It's not, it's not something that I found supported in canon anywhere, but everybody in the fandom believes it, that Bly, um, Bly and Ayla Sakura are in love, or at least Bly is very much in love with Ayla Sakura. And mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't be though? She's so fucking hot and smart and focused and heroic and just a Jedi. Just, hmm. I love her. I am a fan of Ayla Sakura, for sure. I did. I, I, I personally, based on just these two episodes, right? Because um, I know we'll get more. Uh, I found her to be very generic. Like she's like a, a talking Jedi template? Yeah, basically. Or, or yeah, an ideal idealist uh, Jedi. Mm-hmm. And... I, I think the main standout scene for her was definitely where, um, you know, after they've crashed on the planet and her and Ahsoka are looking for help, uh, she senses that Ahsoka is a little bit too attached to Anakin than she really should be. And mm-hmm. they have that talk where where she's all, I look, I liked, I was, I liked my master a lot too, but you really have to let go. And mm-hmm. what she didn't say was because you're fucking master is going to get himself killed eventually and he's going to die and you're going to have to get over it. <laughs> right. But I feel like that was implied it's based on yeah. the situation they were in at the moment and based on the shit that goes down in this episode. Mm. Uh, such as uh, top of the episode. <laughs> now, that we're, uh, now that we've waxed poetic about Ayla Sakura for a bit, um, they're in the middle of a giant firefight. They're mm. actually like Ayla's ship is in atmosphere over Quell. And these these Venator ships are not meant to be in atmosphere. No. And they are clearly plunging towards, they're succumbing to the force of gravity and plunging towards the surface of the planet. And this is not their plan. They do not want to be doing this. They are being driven downwards by the Separatist fleet. Uh, and so, in swoop, Anakin and, uh, and Ahsoka. And this is one of, actually, my favorite scene in the show, in this episode is this entire opening scene. It is just some damn fine Clone Wars action sequence. 
that my, that was my general feedback for these two episodes in particular. The animation was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. They took a lot of time to show like a huge picture of something, whether it's you know this crazy ass uh, battle in atmosphere, right. or you know in the later in this episode and the next one, these huge uh, shots of grassy fields and hills and mountains. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful. It was actually really yeah. beautiful. Visually very stunning, both of these episodes. It's really cool. Um, and like, go, go watch the action sequence. We do not need to blow by blow through the action sequence. Anakin mm-hmm. does some really reckless shit and, uh, leaves Ahsoka behind with Rex. <gasps> really? I really think that this is the part where we need to start tallying how often Rex gets left in charge of Ahsoka or Ahsoka gets left in charge <laughs> of Rex because, like, those two raised each other. They are the neglected children of Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> It's very sad. Oh, it's true. Okay. Um, so, but the one thing that was I that was really interesting to me about this fight was when they had they were about to escape and they're trying to dock the uh, cock and ball ship onto the Resolute <laughs> and they get hit with some turbulence and it knocks out their uh, and it kicks on their hyperdrive and so they're gonna do a hyperspace jump whether they want to or not but they're still docked to the Resolute and mm-hmm. like everybody panics. Because that's so dangerous. And so uh, Lucas and I spent a good 20 minutes geeking out about all the dangers inherent in that. Oh my gosh. I mean, everybody would have died. Yeah. Like, easily. Even if they didn't accidentally early invent the Holdo maneuver and and light speed jump straight through their own fucking ship and kill everybody. Even if they did manage to safely jump and take the Resolute with them... The smaller ship plotted the jump. So the smaller ship plotted the jump for the smaller ship, but it's mm-hmm. taking a massive ship along with it. They're going to die mm-hmm. because they're going to hit a gravity well or they're going to go straight through a star, which they kind of end up doing anyway. And all of this shit, like every, that was so dangerous that moment. I feel like they did a really good job in a much more concise way than I'm doing right now, conveying that danger in the moment. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, uh, special notes about this particular scene. Um, one, the the I don't remember if this is the first time we see a tactical droid because I don't remember. We've if. seen them before. Yeah, no, we've seen them before. So the ta- the tactical the tactical droid on this particular ship is actually a very specific one that will show up later in Clone Wars as well really? as in a lot of different comic books. Yeah, uh, uh, TF one seven two six. He's not. He's not just a regular tactical droid. He's one of the oldest tactical droids, and his programming is uh, more developed because he's had more actual experience now. So when I was doing research on this episode, I forget the, this was based on a specific uh, World War II battle where uh, you know one group was trying to get uh, one group that was clearly superior uh, was put into a more vulnerable situation, which allowed it, allowed the other side to get the upper hand, and mm-hmm. that's what happened here because typically. You know, the, you know, I keep calling them Star Destroyers. I know they're not called Star Destroyers yet, but. Um, it's a Venator. Uh, the, the Venator can take out three, three of the Separatist capital ships easily, but because what? it was an atmosphere, like you said, it mm-hmm. had uh, operational issues and the Separatists were able to blow the fuck out of the ships. Uh, right. And that was, that was the tactical droids uh, intention behind that. Which I thought was cool. Nice. Because they would have to devote so much of the ship's resources to just not crashing. Yeah. To just fighting gravity. 
that they wouldn't they would have to devote like shields to the underside of the ship to to sort of ward off the burn of of atmo entry yeah it was a brilliant maneuver mm-hmm. so uh we're gonna see that guy again what was his name uh tf1726 nice <laughs> let's uh let's keep an eye out for tiffy yeah tiffy uh he's that's also he's always him. painted green and white so if we see a green and white tactical droid that's him yeah that's a dangerous motherfucker make yeah. note totally uh, worth keeping an eye out one of the things he did was he actually so uh we saw super battle droids show up but these are actually modified super battle droids right uh, b uh, b2 rp battle droids or also called rocket droids or jetpack mm-hmm. droids uh they have less uh rocket ammunition or grenade ammunition on them than the regular uh, super battle droids because they need all this extra space so they can fly around. Right. and But they also can double as a vehicle if you're Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> Anakin and Ahsoka have this tendency of jumping on top of flying people and just letting them do the work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's brilliant. Like, if you've, if you've got the hand strength to hold on, go for it. Knock yourself out. Oh, force um, users. Oh, force users. So they jump away, uh, but they jump away to a random location. They barely avoid uh, crashing directly into a star. And that was actually really interesting because they had to shut all the power down on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when we saw that, yeah, by the way, there is no gravity in space. I think it's the first time I've seen people floating in a ship in a Star Wars anything. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I don't ever remember gravity being a thing ever. Right. But because they turned the power off, there was no gravity. And so mm-hmm. uh, Ayla and Rex were floating and Rex had to awkwardly sort of crash into her. And he, he looked like he felt really bad about that. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> well, he's got all that armor on. You know, that wasn't a comfortable collision for her. I would like to smash up against that. Anyway, what? <laughs> I I could stand to lose some gravity and crash into Rex. Like several <laughs> times. Over and over again. Over and over and over again. Anyway, so they turn the power back on, they get the gravity back on, but oops, now we've crash landed on the planet Meriden. And uh, Meriden is interesting. It is in a neutral sector of space, the, the Reliant sector of the Outer Rim. And that is why uh, the they find the colonists that are there, because this is neutral space. This planet, this lovely, temperate, grassy plains planet uh, is neutral. There should be no war there. But um, you're on the episode, my dudes, so the war has found you. Yeah, yeah. Oops. Yeah, so uh, on the way to finding the Lerman, I believe they're called. The um, Lerman, yes. The Lerman, Uh Based off lemur. Ha 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 ha. We're so clever. Uh, uh, yeah, that was super uh, clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's very George Lucas. <laughs> I know, right? They get attacked by what's called a Mastiff Filoni. <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? Maybe a Filone? Filone. I call them vulture griffins because that's what they look like. Yeah, so we had this, I had this debate uh, with a friend. What do they taste like if you eat them? Well, they're... Um, Okay, so they're predators, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and predators don't tend to taste as good as uh, prey. Like carnivores don't tend to taste as good as herbivores. I think I think gator I think gators and snakes taste good. Well, yeah, but they do. They do, they taste like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. Uh, so we're gonna go with the chicken thing then. Omnivores taste like chicken. Okay. So it's chicken. <laughs> Because, look, I used to keep chickens. They are not herbivores, okay? They eat anything. They are dinosaurs. Tiny, 
basketball-sized dinosaurs, and they eat anything and everything. I'm not kidding. I believe you. They will. The whole. They're monsters. So yeah. Uh, no, everything. Everything tastes like chicken. <laughs> so that would be an awful lot of chicken. But none of the residents of Meriden know that because the Lerman are pacifists and vegetarians. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, but we need to back up because while they were uh, fleeing the battle over Quell, Anakin Skywalker has a classic Jedi hero moment, one which we will see again to tragic effect later on in life in 900 years when we get to that series. Um, where there's a big fiery explosion coming. So he turns and force shoves Ahsoka and everyone out of the way and closes the door. And then he turns around and uses the force to telekinetically hold the explosion at bay. And it works kind of, but it knocks him back and he is horrifically badly injured in their escape from Quell. And then did you hear it? Did you hear it when they had him on life support on the ship? Did you hear the sound his respirator was making? Oh, the, the Darth Vader breathing? Yeah. Yes. I should stay. Commander Bly doesn't need my help. Anakin does. You can help Anakin by getting this ship to safety. Oh, that was spooky. Like, I got mm-hmm. I got chills. I'm like, no, I was not. I felt ambushed by a Vader noise. Welcome to your future, buddy. Okay. You're going to be on one of those things for the rest of your life. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Anakin is super hurt and they crash land on Meriden and he can't go anywhere. And Ahsoka doesn't want to leave him behind. But ultimately, Ayla Sakura talks her into leaving him there uh, with Rex to keep an eye on him uh, while the rest of them go and try and find help. Because like the medical droid and everything on board the ship is just destroyed. They have mm-hmm. no medical supplies. They need to go find help. And that's when they find the Lerman. And hollowed out seeds. <laughs> They live in these giant pods that fell from the giant trees. Uh, so they meet the Lerman and they meet the leader of the Lerman, Tiwat Ka. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you like to know about Tiwat Ka? Please. So Tiwat Ka is a Lerman, as I have now said many times. Uh, Lerman are tiny lemur people. Uh, they are pacifists from the planet Magito. And their manner of locomotion is adorable. They sort of do like a little monkey run, which is great. Uh, but then if they want to go fast, they just sonic roll. They just roll up like Sonic the fucking Hedgehog and they just go for it. And it's the best. I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> but but not the leader. He's a bit old. He's a little old for it. Like yeah. he's clearly he's got like a bad hip. Um, the Lerman uh, were their design was originally intended to appear in episode three, Revenge of the Shit. The Shit? <laughs> Revenge of the Shit. <laughs> Palpatine screaming, unlimited power movements. Okay. What do you know? Freud was right. Anyway, Revenge of yeah. the Sith. But their design was scrapped for that film. Anyway, and so they appear here, um, but they're slightly smaller. It doesn't matter. Uh, also, they're apparently Scottish, because when Tiwat Ka speaks, he speaks with a Scottish accent. Violence breeds violence. Jedi are no peacekeepers. And he is voiced by George Coe, who is an actor. Mm-hmm. If you saw him, you'd know him. He's, he's just an older that guy actor. He has been in everything. You and I would best know him from the West Wing. Uh, he played Senator Howard Stackhouse. That was the guy who um, unexpectedly filibustered a bill because it did not include funding for autism research. Yeah. 
I remember that. It was very sweet. I remember that episode. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's George Coe. Um, so Tiwat Ka is there, and uh, he is not happy to see Jedi. Nope, because he knows what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, these... So, Tiwat Ka, for me, resembles or represents, like, the most extreme uh, of pa- uh, that you can get as a pacifist. Right. And that is a problem that also is directly correlated with a lot of Jedi rules and regulations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's willing to sacrifice not just himself, but everyone. Yeah, the lives of everybody in his village. He's willing to sacrifice on the altar of his pacifistic ideals. Yeah. Yeah, and he's old. He's already lived his life. Everyone else is like, what the fuck? Yeah, his son <laughs> Wagtu was like, oh, shit, dad. I don't want to die today. But we'll get to that. Um, so yeah, Tiwat Ka, his, the, this little colony of Lerman are here on planet Meriden because they fled the war. They -hmm. wanted to settle a neutral space and just wait until the war was over and not have to deal with it. But now Jedi, not just, not just people from the Republic, but fucking Jedi, the space wizards at the forefront of the entire war are now here and wandering into his village. He's pissed. He doesn't want to get pulled into this. Jedi are trouble magnets. Exactly. They're, they're, they are trouble mag, uh, magnets to the extreme. Now, yeah. it, it's important to note that they're not from the system. Uh, they're from the... Mag- I, I originally pronounced it Magneto system because it's spelled <laughs> so, like, so weird. The Magito system. Okay. Which is in one of the last episodes of, of Clone Wars, actually. There's a siege oh, really? that happens on this planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, That's cool. That is cool. Um, And in the High Republic era books, there is actually a Lerman that's a Jedi Master who is actually pretty cool. Ah! Yeah. Aww. (laughs) That sounds fantastic. It's the thing is you get these adorable Jedi like Yoda, like a a little Lerman or something. And like, I think half of their Jedi mind trick is just being fucking cute. Like Baby Mm -hmm. Yoda, come on now. Come on now. Ugh. Yeah, so so these Lerman are like a bunch of hippie commune uh, Lerman that have left their system and are trying to settle this one to get the hell away right. from everything and just live off the earth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the Jedi show up and they're like, we need help. And well, okay, now we have to help you. Um, so, you know, that's when we get Wag 2, who is Tiwat Ka's son and is the village's only healer. And he starts the healing of Anakin Skywalker. So Anakin's on the mend, good for him. But... While the healer gets sent back uh, to go take care of Anakin, so Ayla is left in the village really as insurance, as collateral, mm-hmm. to make sure that they actually bring Wag2 back. And that's when we start getting into some really big discussions. Like, this is what Ayla Sakura's role in the narrative is for these two episodes, is to be the one that does the, that everybody has a big philosophical discussion with. Like Ahsoka had to talk with her about attachment versus compassion. And now mm-hmm. Tiwat Ka and Ayla Sakura have long talks about fighting for liberty versus killing for liberty and, you know, peace and, and maintaining your, your, uh, philosophical integrity in the face of war. And like, this is really heavy shit for a kid's show. Yeah. I mean, but it's what the Clone Wars are about, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to stand up to people who are trying to screw the galaxy, but. At the same time, there it it sucks in so many people mm-hmm. and creates so many other dynamics and consequences that 
you know, Tiwaka's point of like, I think you said something like, you know, laying down their arms on both sides is the only way mm -hmm. they can achieve peace. I am sure you are aware that the Jedi did not initiate the Clone Wars. Our only intention is to end it and restore peace to our galaxy. What difference does it make who started the war and who only wants to end it? No side is free of fault. It takes two to fight. Like, that's, he's right. And that's great. Uh, and I, I, what I really like about this is that they talk, of, they're not, they're not talking down to the kids that are watching this show. Like, kids are smart. Kids can mm. absorb, well, they're also incredibly stupid, but they're smart. Um, <laughs> she says, as a mother of two, they can absorb really big concepts like this. They absolutely can. And they're not, so they're not talking down to the kids. This isn't condescending. It's not like Blue's Clues where they're like, oh, do we have genocide? Where's the genocide? Like, that's not happening. It's not pandering. They're actually having these discussions and knowing that the kids can keep up. I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things about these episodes. Um, but where was I going? I'm lo I got lost in my notes. Go, Chris, go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Quick. where you were going. I yeah, don't know. I, I mean, I mean that. I mean, we that we essentially summarized the whole episode already because uh, yeah. the only other thing that happens is those predators come back and Anakin has to wake up because his Jedi danger sense triggers him to wake up, and mm -hmm. he's not. He's not. He's still not in good shape, so he's barely able to warn Rex. Hey, there's a mm -hmm. fucking uh, vulture p panther creature about to attack you. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's a vulture uh, griffin. And naturally, Rex shoots them. So <laughs> because it's what he does, it's That's his go-to. He he's good at it. Like he's really good at it. Too. It was brutal. Anyway. Well, yeah, he he remembered his eel shooting skills, and uh, he just headshots these critters for the rest <laughs> of the episode. It's great. Um, we do have some other clones that made it to the surface with them. Uh, Cameron, Lucky, and Flash, all three of whom were murdered by vulture griffins. So <laughs> not, not uh, so much with them anymore. Not so much with the luck. Not so much with yeah. the luck. So anyway, yeah, that's pretty much the end of this episode is Anakin's on the mend and they're hanging out with lemurs who don't like them very much. Yeah. Fade I have to, to black. Yeah. I have to talk about my favorite scene really quick because oh, yeah, I love that. I love the slapstick. Uh, it's at the very, <laughs> it's more at the beginning of the episode where um, Anakin's running through the uh, spaceship trying to get people mm -hmm. to, you know, fucking leave the spaceship. Right. And he comes around the corner and there's a battle droid there. And the battle droid is by himself initially, oh. <laughs> and he's like, uh-oh. And then uh, and Anakin's looking all confident, and all of a sudden, other battle droids show up behind him, and the and the droid goes, ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> it was really cute. No, these, these episodes were great uh, for battle droids. It was good oh, shit. Oh, I love them. I love uh, them. So then, are we ready to move on to the next one? Uh, yeah. All right. Season 1, Episode 14, Defenders of Peace. The Jedi fortune cookie at the top of the episode was when surrounded by war one must eventually choose a side which i feel actually does apply but we'll this get into does it apply. yeah that one does yeah do you have the announcer bit yep uh this is again see here we go with the counter <clears throat> <laughs> republic forces in retreat <laughs> <laughs> everyone is fucked <laughs> right? While rescuing General Ayla Sakura from certain defeat, Anakin Skywalker has been seriously injured. After a narrow escape, our heroes crash-landed on the remote world of Meriden. Stranded with no way to contact the Republic, the Jedi receive medical aid from the peaceful Lerman colonists. But even on this tiny planet, the war threatens to follow the Jedi. Dun-dun-dun! Bum-bum-bum! Dun. 
film. All right. So uh, top of the episode, we are still on the lovely, peaceful planet of Meriden. Anakin Skywalker is on the mend. Uh, Ahsoka and Ayla are dirty. They have been filthy since they crashed and nobody's had a chance to take a shower. Well, so I just like noticed there's a that. bathhouse just sitting there in the middle of the village. <laughs> but it would be weird. There would be like hair clogs in the drain because, you know, oh. lemurs. Yeah. Oh, God. But and everything seems uh, peaceful enough where the Jedi just needed to like try and find a way to get off this planet at some point. That would be great. Until what happens, Chris? Uh, suddenly a Separatist dropship uh, shows up and they're all like, uh oh, and they're going this <laughs> way and we got to hide. Dun, 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 the, dun. Yeah, because Tiwakas all, oh, we're not fighting them, fuck y'all. And the Jedi mm-hmm. are like, okay, it's probably better if we just hide. Yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. the Jedi know that if the Separatists, because right now the Separatists don't know they're there. And if the Separatists come down and find Jedi in the village, everybody in the village is definitely going to be murdered. Mm-hmm. So they need to leave. They know that they are a danger to these people who have helped them, albeit grudgingly. So they got to bounce. And so... uh they do. They take off when uh, the Separatists land and emerging gloriously from the Separatist ship is Separatist General Lockdurd. I am General Lockdurd of the Separatist Alliance. I love him so much. <laughs> Would you like to know about Lockdurd? Uh, yes, please. It's the worst name, by the way. Lockdurd. He's also not Dirt. the most in shape uh, Nimordian we've seen. You know, to the point where I wasn't 100% sure he was a Nimordian until I looked yeah. it up. Uh, yeah. But again, like not every member of the species is meant to look exactly alike. This particular Nimordian is like if you took Newt Gunray into a character generation screen and then just grabbed all the sliders and cranked them all the way to the right. Just Mm -hmm. all the way over. He is Newt Gunray cranked up to 11. He's got the biggest hat. He's got the biggest chins. He's got the biggest sassy pants on. Like, he's just super Nemoidian. Is luck dirt. Would you agree? I agree. (laughs) It helps that he's voiced by uh, some guy named George Takei. Any idea who that is? Has he been in stuff? I don't know. He is my favorite voice actor. I love him so much. He's one of the, he has that voice where it's like the moment he says something, I'm like, that's fucking George Takei, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, by the way, George Takei, uh, Sulu from Star Trek. And just oh. the most distinctive voice in voices, period, yeah. bar none. He is instantly recognizable. I love him so much he's a goddamn delight to follow on social media by the way if you are not following george takei get on top of that oh yeah he's so fun and just this magnificent voice which he brings to great and glorious effect uh while portraying the character of look dude uh in his first moments on the surface of the planet a solid lol from me for him (laughs) because he walks up (laughs) to teeny tiny little uh And he says, You are now under the protection of the Separatist Alliance. I congratulate you on your good fortune. (laughs) (laughs) And Tiwaka's like, Thank you. But we enjoyed good fortune well before your arrival. And then Lugdard immediately sacks their village. So... Just just turns it all to pieces. Oh, I love it. Just to make sure you know he's the bad guy. 
you know? Yeah. Well, it, technically, they're sacking the village in search of Republic con- contraband or any sign that they might be allied with the Republic. So it's mm-hmm. a good thing the Jedi bounced mm-hmm. because everybody would have been killed. Can I uh, add some more backstory to Lockdurd real quick? Oh, my God. Yeah. If you've got more, go. Yeah. So uh, according, this is according to Wikipedia. And I actually had to look uh, this. This put me into a, a, a deep, dark hole yesterday. Cause I was, <laughs> Did you rabbit hole on Lockdurd? Like I was like, wait, what? So by the end of the Clone Wars, uh, let me look at the qu- I'm actually going to quote it from Wikipedia oh. just so I make sure I'm get- getting the quote right. Uh, by the end of the Clone Wars, Durd was uh, being held by Republic forces. Durd, along with Nuvo Vindi, who will come up later during the uh, the virus, uh, the virus uh, oh, trilogy. Oh, Dr. Vindi? Yeah, Dr. Vindi. Nice. Uh, was, uh, so check this out. Was part of Lieutenant Commander Orson Krennic's original plan <gasps> for prisoner exchange. No. And to secure the release of Galen Urso... Lyra Urso and Baby Jin Urso. No way! Yes. Whoa! Whoa! Fucking wow! Okay. The the interconnections. The roots run deep, Heather. So mm-hmm. deep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll talk about we'll talk about the uh, uh, J- Ursos in like ten years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Get, give us a minute, y'all. We will get to it. <laughs> we are taking our time and we are savoring the Clone Wars. Uh. So yeah. There, there's a separatist presence, an aggressive separatist presence on the planet. But Tiwatka's like, we're not going to fight them, and we're not going to kill anybody. Um, but here's the thing, and this this is something that I didn't realize until very late in this episode. But I'm going to bring it up now. There's a flaw in Tiwatka's philosophy, mm-hmm. where he keeps saying over and over that he's not willing. They are not willing. His people are not willing to kill. For peace. They're not going to kill anybody. They're not going to join your war and start killing people. We're not Mm going to kill to preserve our freedom. We're not going to kill to defend our way of life. They're robots, Tiwaka. You're not killing anyone. They're robots. Well. No, they are robots. There were two living creatures in that entire separatist brigade situation. It was Luckdurd and his cannon and his cannoneer guy. The, the Aqualish guy who, who fires the cannon later. Yeah, butt face That's guy. It. Yeah. Everybody else. Yeah, the butt face. <laughs> uh, everybody else is a robot. And like that, the fact that it is a droid army is like 80% of how the Jedi justify their involvement in this war, period. Because they're not killing anyone. The Jedi also turn a blind eye to the fact that all the blood on their hands is clone blood because they just created these people and threw them into the meat grinder. But okay, that's a discussion for another time, maybe. Or maybe that's just an ongoing discussion every single time we talk about this series. However, your philosophy is you're not going to kill anybody. That's not murder fighting these droids. It's destruction of property at worst. So I I agree with you, but to kind of take it to the, the extreme pacifist view... I don't think it's so much that it's the taking of life, of, of actual life, though you could argue mm-hmm. that some droids' sentience is is the same. But That's true. I think it's the act of committing violence is what's wrong. Oh, and, okay. And whether you're killing a living person or a droid, you're still attacking them. You're still doing something violent to them. 
Okay, okay. I can see that it's not about the action itself, but about the initiation of the action on your own yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, and I and don't if agree anybody, with it, but that's if what... anybody tried to kill R two D two, I would absolutely a oh, destroy them, but b riot. I would yeah, fucking riot because R two D two is alive. C three PO is alive. So mm-hmm. okay, fine, but. But, you know, battle droids. But, okay, so let's talk about the B1 battle droids in this episode and how adorable they are. I love them so much. <laughs> They're so excited because Luckdurd has come to this planet to test his new weapon, the Defoliator. <laughs> Which sounds so stupid. It That's does. So stupid. It sounds like it's here to shave your head. Yeah, uh, cleanse but, my face, whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, it's like an apricot scrub. But no, it's fire. It's fire. It's fire. Uh, its job is to kill every living thing and leave the droids behind. So the droids are like, yay! A weapon which will destroy organic matter, but leave machines unharmed. <laughs> <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> who who shall be our test subjects? And like all the droids back away and like point at two of them. I love it. <laughs> uh, so he does test the weapon and what do you know? It fucking works. It burns everything except droids because droids aren't flammable. This is not exactly a revolutionary weapon concept. Yeah. And as you've said before, uh, when you create what weapons in the middle of a war, you know, their execution wise may not be the most sensible <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It's um, ridiculous so yeah. he calls back to Dooku and he's like, hey, so I tested it and it totally works. It didn't kill the droids. And Dooku's like, okay, but how does it work on living things like living people? And he's like, hold on, I'm going to kill some lemurs. And so he's going to fire. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to fire it at the at the Lermans, right? Uh, so that's when the Jedi have to get involved. At this moment is where I wish to introduce my new ca- my, my, my new counter. Okay. And that is the Count Dooku complaining about how expensive everything is counter. <laughs> okay, that's a legit counter. He's done that, that twice that I know of so far, I think. Yeah, because he, he points out, he points out, well, I hope the test went okay, because this shit was expensive. <laughs> Every <laughs> like, time Grievous destroys a B1, he's like, man, come on. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's Racking like, up the, my bills This here. shit costs money. I... I, Sidious gave me a budget. I have to work within the budget. Come on, people. You don't know what happens when I go over budget. You don't know what happens when I go over budget. <laughs> I, get, I get things cut off. And look, I got both arms and legs. So you can imagine what's been cut <laughs> off already. Okay. He is itching to cut limbs off of somebody. Okay. So yeah, if we could yeah. just not give him excuses. Um, yeah. No, that's a legit new counter. And let's go ahead and add to that right there. Beep. Um, I will say... A, su- a surprising lack of Anakin Skywalker red flags on these episodes. Yeah, there, 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 there are. I can't think of any actually. This is actually some of the best Jediing I have ever seen Anakin do. Mm-hmm. Like when the Lerman are like, "We don't want to get into your fight," and Ahsoka's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Anakin's like, "No, no, we can't make them. That's not what we do. Mm-hmm. We can't force them to fight. We can't drag them into this war if they don't want to be in it." We, we let them live their life and we're going to go off and not be a threat to them. But then as soon as it is obvious the Separatists are going to attack the Lerman, Anakin's like, well, we're back in it now because Jedi defend the innocent and the helpless. That's what we do. And if they're not going to help themselves, we are going to help them. Uh, and he actually says, this is one of the best quotes uh, for me in this episode. He says, there's a difference between pulling innocents into a war and leaving them to extinction. 
Wow. Yeah. I love that. Like, I love that quote. Where did this grown upness coming come from? I know, like, I was you like, remember? Who are you? <laughs> right. Remember that episode where uh, Ahsoka had no Anakin and she was stuck with Luminara and she was acting super Anakin. I feel mm-hmm. like Anakin's here and he doesn't have Obi Wan, so he's got to act super Obi Wan. Except somebody's got to be the grown up. Except be useful. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, yeah, I mean, here's yes, another uh, crazy yes. non. I know, I know. Here's a crazy another uh, non Anakin moment when the mm. Jedi find the uh, Separatist base, oh. and Anakin's looking at it and he's holding his ribs because he's all taped up right there, and he's like, right. "Yeah, no, not right now." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I they do. I can't just roll up in there and kill everybody like I usually do. So they, they do like a little distraction and infiltration to get into the base because they need a shuttle because they're going to try and get off this planet. But this is before like they realize that the, the Lermans are in trouble. Uh, our timeline is all over the fucking map this episode. Forgive us. Um, yep. But my favorite is Anakin's the injured one. And so he doesn't even argue about it. He's not going to go in and try and, and laser sword fight anybody. So he's hiding in the grass outside with the clones and throwing a rock around with the force to get the B1 battle droids attention. And it works. The B1s go chasing after a rock that's moving by itself like maybe they don't know Jedi exist. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I love so, so yeah, much. He love distracts the droids that were guarding the entrance so that Ayla and Ahsoka can go inside and just wreck shop. And while they're in the process, the clones are like, hey, these are shield generators. We're going to take these with us, okay? Okay. And they steal yeah. a shuttle and they go. It's really, it's great. It's teamwork. It's amazing what happens when Anakin allows teamwork to be a thing. Isn't it? Isn't it? I, lo- I love it. I love it. I Isn't love it? it. Ugh. A plus Jedi action from Anakin Skywalker. Uh, so yeah, they managed to get some shields up over the village. The Lock Dude sets off his weapon, uh, which sets fire to everything but the village because that's what shields do. They keep out energy and fire mm-hmm. is just energy out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't keep out the droids that are walking through it, though. So then yep. the fight breaks out in the village itself. And the other, and uh, this whole time, the younger, the the younger, uh, I keep calling them lemurs now, Heather. Gosh, um, the other, <laughs> the other Lerman, uh, uh, are, the younger Lerman are like, we gotta step up and fight. We can't just let these people die. And the elders like, no, no, no. And then finally, mm-hmm. the young Lerman are like, fuck this, we're fighting. <laughs> right, and they use a tactic which we actually saw in the last episode uh, when Wagtu was helping them fight uh, the Mastiff, whatever. Uh, which is they they basically they pull a Hoth maneuver and they wrap a rope around the feet mm-hmm. and yank that tight and knock them over. And it's actually a really cool maneuver where they did that with like a whole line of B ones, knock them all down. And we've talked about this before. B one battle droids suck. If you knock them over, they're defeated. That's just how it is. And so as soon as they hit the ground, Ahsoka just pointed her lightsaber down at the ground and ran past them (laughs) and just cut everybody's heads off. It was really cute. That was teamwork makes the dream work. Good job. (laughs) Um, Anyway, and that's pretty much it. They uh, they arrest Lockdard and then he goes on to do a whole fucking lot, apparently. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's interesting. It's Nemoidians, man. They survive. They are survivors. They are. Yeah, they they will do what they need to do to survive, including screwing everybody over in the process. Well, actually, that's like top of their option tree. Yeah. That's like the Uh, first thing. (laughs) Um, 
So yeah, they they manage to save the village, they destroy all the robots, they arrest Lockdurd, the Jedi save the day. Um, but Tiwat Ka is not happy about it. He's like, yeah, I guess, thank you, but we didn't want any of this. Yeah. Perhaps we do owe you thanks, but I still wonder at what cost. And I think that's legit. And, I, and, I, and by the way, I can't blame him for that at all. Yeah. If you don't want any part of the war, the last person you want to see is a goddamn Jedi. Mm-hmm. They but then again, are... if the Jedi weren't there, I mean, the Force works in mysterious ways, right? The right, Separatists exactly. still would have been there. So Exactly. And um, there was one thing about, you know, Tiwak Ka's point that it takes two to fight. And if you guys would just lay down your arms and negotiate, this war would be over. And in a perfect world, in a perfect galaxy, he's right. Most wars... Uh, that's, you get to a point where neither side really even wants to be there anymore, where it's become very expensive for both sides and everybody would like to just stop. And that's how you get negotiations. And that's how wars end. Either that or everybody's destroyed on the other side. But so in a perfect world, he's right. If they would just stop fighting and start talking like the separatists have good people, too, and the Republic has good people, too, if they would just come to a table and discuss, it would they would be fine. They would probably end the war. But Sidious. <laughs> but the dark side of the force, but Dooku and Asajj Ventress. And when there is an overwhelming force of deliberately acting evil at play, no amount of negotiation is going to fix anything. Nope. Especially when that negotiation would be led by a guy negotiating with himself, Senator Palpatine, Senator Chancellor Palpatine. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Everybody's strings are being pulled here, dude. And like, I appreciate your philosophy and on paper, you're correct, but it will not apply to the Clone War. This mm. only ends in tragedy. I'm so glad we're watching this. It's so fun. Yay. <laughs> Uplifting. Lift so us what, up, right? <laughs> so in conclusion, what did you think of these episodes? You know, I didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't like deeply in love with them, but they were beautifully shot, told an interesting mm-hmm. story. I don't really have that many complaints. George Sakai, you know, yeah, uh, a, a solid B, uh, B plus uh, for these yeah. episodes. Uh, I do want to point out one last thing about the defoliator. Yeah. Um, the defoliator. Two were actually built. Uh, the one that we see uh, in this episode was the actual one that was built for field testing. Okay. There is a prototype out there. That General Grievous, I guess, at one point gets out of storage to use on the oh. Night Sisters. Oh, yeah, we will see that later. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay. We'll watch them burn. <laughs> they will burn and it'll they be They don't have great. any shield, so. <laughs> bah, bah. They just have magic, scary, scary yeah. magic. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I felt like the, these episodes were um, like a. As far as a change in tone, this was fucking whiplash. Yeah. Because, like, the last two episodes were such a fucking romp. It was it was a delight. It was like, you know, bah, 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 bah. it was Benny Hill music. It was super fun. <laughs> and uh, and here we are in, like, sweeping vistas and hero- heroism and philosophy debates. And, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is the uh, animation style in this one is so vivid and detailed. Mm-hmm. It feels like a well, probably one of the last episodes that may have got been made for the season uh i don't know like we do yeah. have several episodes to go 
But as far as production order, yeah, this may have been later because it's so pretty. It mm-hmm. is just lovely to look at. But but definitely uh, it, it, grind, it ground my gears a little bit trying to shift into this one from the last one. But I like them. I, look, just generally, I like, you know, I like Star Wars. So even dark Star Wars is fine with me. <laughs> Most of Star Wars is dark. Let's yeah, be real. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, let's also be honest. That's why we like it. That's also why we like it. Yeah. My yeah. My, the, my inner goth is like, yeah, it's dark. Then um, yes. I'm a spooky little bitch. Anyway, uh, so is that everything we have for episodes 13 and 14? That is everything. Okay. So next time. We've got we've got a few episodes coming up. We've got the next episode is Trespass, and then after that is the Blue Shadow Virus trilogy, duo. Right. Yeah. Is it a trilogy? It's two. I, is it two? Okay, I don't remember. Okay, uh, so next time I think we should talk about. Uh, so the Blue Shadow Virus. Yeah. What? I'll come in again. Uh, so next time. What we've got coming up is episode 15, which is Trespass, uh, and then episode 17, mm-hmm. because we have already watched episode 16. That was The Hidden Enemy. Mm-hmm. We already watched that a long time ago, like that prior to the before movie. Before all this happens. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Season one, episode 16, The Hidden Enemy, was prior to the Clone Wars movie. So we now have 15, 17, 18. Uh, to go through. So 15 is Trespass, 17 is the Blue Shadow Virus, followed up by 18, Mystery of a Thousand Moons, which is a continuation of the Blue Shadow Virus plot. So I'm thinking the Blue Shadow Virus episodes need their own episode. Yeah, I agree. So next time, uh, we will maybe just discuss Trespass? That's correct. All right. See, I don't remember that episode at all, so I have no idea what happens. Oh, you don't remember Trespass? No. Uh, it's the, it's the one where they, okay, you'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about, well, that's for next, next week. I mean, I've seen um, it um, multiple times. I just don't remember, like, the name doesn't mm-hmm. do anything for me. You'll, you know? you'll remember it when you see it, for sure. I'm like, I'm like, the Jedi's trespass all the time, so what's going on? They really do. They're like cats, and the whole world is their litter box. <laughs> anyway, okay, so, um, yeah, that's it. That's it. We can... Let's let's pull this shit show train into the station, shall we? <laughs> let's let's do it. outro the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, cool. I'm ready. So, hey, are you are you ready? Ready? Are you done? Can we? Can I? Do you want to do the outro? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. I apologize for the scatterbrainedness of this episode, but like we've all been there. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> if you would like to uh, talk to us, interact with us in between episodes, you can reach us on the social medias. We are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Dark Side Divas. Yeah, uh, you can also subscribe to our podcast with via your favorite podcast platform of choice, be it uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, whatever it's called now. Uh, please subscribe. <laughs> please leave us a review. And if you leave us a review or have any questions for us, we will answer it uh, every so often on these podcast shows. So yes, please, please do all that. Yes, please do all of the things. We like it. Hey. <laughs> and is this is the part where we do like a clever, funny little thing to close the show on? You ready? Be funny. Go. Do it. I ain't got shit. Man, I don't either. I need lunch and a nap so fucking bad. Yeah, I know. All right, thanks for listening, y'all. Okay, bye!